Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I'm Lance Johnson, one of the coaches here at Agency Hacker, and I am back with uh, Nick. He's the owner and CEO at Exclusive Marketing. Nick, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to have you. You are a special, special guest, Nick. You're, we're glad you're on the show. Well, thank you. I don't think I'm special, but... <laughs> I know this is going to be a theme, so I figured I would I would strike early and strike out. A good theme. <laughs> so, Nick, tell us a little bit about exclusive marketing, what you guys do, and how you came to start it. Yeah, so I mean, how I came to start it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, they're actually really funny. So, I was actually door dashing one day, <laughs> and um, my friend that I played basketball with, he actually had an agency. Um, I really had no idea what he did. I just knew that he um, made a good chunk of money, really. Um, and he, one day he asked me, he was like, hey, do you like what you do? Because at, at the time I was a teacher and I said, yep, I do like what I do. And then he just basically was like, cool. Like he was just being a friend. Yeah. And then about two years later, um, he I was playing basketball with him again. And he was like, hey, seriously, like he was like, you seem like a pretty motivating person. Um, do you like making money? And I was like, um, I was like, I am a pretty hard hustler. I, you know, I do a lot of things, Airbnb, I do DoorDash, um, a couple different things, but I was like, yeah, I was like, I guess to answer your question, I do like making money. And he was like, okay, perfect. He was like, how much money do you make? You know, if you just like, he's like, if you just did DoorDash for one day and you drove all day, perfect world, what would you make? And I was like, oh geez. I was like, I don't really track it that much, but maybe like, 300 bucks a day and he was like okay he was like what if i told you that i could make you way more than a thousand dollars per day and i was just like i was like really and he was like yeah he was like i can coach you on how to do facebook ads and wow. i was like so he was just my friend and and i i had no experience in sales at all like i'm just i was a teacher grew up not nothing about businesses or sales or anything and I said, sure. I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And he's like, he's like, so he's like, he's like, I usually charge people um, $10,000 for this, but since you're my friend, um, I'll charge you a thousand. Wow. And I, and I was, yeah. So, and I like, again, no experience in sales. So when he said that, I was like, so you, I pay you a thousand and then you're just going to teach me stuff. <laughs> and he, and he was like, he was like, yeah, basically, um, you know, it's online advertising to business owners. And so basically from there, I was like, whatever, like, I just say yes to everything. So I was like, sure, let's do it. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, and then at the time, I told some of my family members, I was like, yeah, I just paid a friend a thousand bucks. They're going to teach me Facebook ads. They had no idea what I was doing. They're like, they're like, you paid someone for this? And I was like, yep. Anyways, long story short, um, he coached me for about three months. I reached back out to him. And at the end of the coaching, I was like, hey, I was like, I really like this. Can you teach me more? And then he was like, he was like, yeah, he was like, he's like, do you just want to start your own agency? Like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, like TikTok ads, um, Hulu commercials, like everything. And I was like, well, yeah, I was like, why would I stop doing what I'm doing? I was like, this is like really good. And then basically I paid him again. Um, at that time I paid him $8,000. 
And then from there, that was another, geez, he coached me for about five or six months. It turned into, I was doing a lot of selling for him and my agency stuff because I was still learning. And then it turned into a white label partnership. Um, And now, um, you know, I've built my agency to 157 employees. I don't, I don't work with him anymore. He's still a really, really good friend. Uh, Funny story. He called me last night and he wants help coaching people now. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, And another funny story is I actually, probably a week ago, um, I reached out to him and um, I want to take him on a vacation. So when I first started, that was one of my goals. You know, I want to take uh, Jake on a vacation because he helped me change my life. So we're planning a vacation together. I'm not sure who else will go, but I'm planning on paying for all of it, just for all the help that he's had. And then fast forward to last night, um, we're starting a a new LLC coaching business and we're going to teach business owners. Uh, We built out like, you know, SOPs, um, coaching calls, and we have all these like different programs for different niches on how to teach them. Um, how to build online advertising um, for their businesses. So going to start that with him now. That's awesome. I feel like the, and what year was that? Um, so when he, when he first started coaching me, that was back in like 2014 ish. Yeah. So you've been at it for a good while. That was like nascent ages of, was TikTok even a thing back then? When did TikTok even start? Uh, no. Um, yeah, th- I guess the reason why I said TikTok is because that those are some things that we do now. So, yeah, yeah, we, we do like a lot of different things. Um, any type of paid platform, like we're really pushing um, some of our clients who have been with us for a while into different platforms like YouTube and Hulu commercials and the TikTok stuff because a lot of them are just on Facebook and Instagram and Google. So doing that right now and yeah that's kind of just a, a general overview of kind of where i'm at and how i started that's really fun it's like doordash to digital agency that's- yeah i was <laughs> oh man i was doing doordash while i was learning all this stuff and i was like taking sales calls like when i was doordashing and i was just i was all over the place and then finally one day jake was like um, he was like, Nick, he was like, I love you. He was like, but he was like, I think you should stop doing all your other things and just focus on one thing and you'll really, really grow. Like if you just focus on one thing and I was just like, I was kind of scared, honestly. So I was just like, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of scared to just quit everything and just do this full time. Like I was making some good money, but it's just kind of scary, I guess, to quit what you're comfortable with. And yeah, just went all in and it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's it, good for you because you were a teacher doing side hustles at the time. And so you yeah. quit teaching and you quit the side hustles. Yeah, I mean, really what he hooked me with was, he was like, how much do you make a month teaching? And I was like, 2,300 a month. And he was like, he's like, I will make you way more than 2,300 in some days and you'll be surprised how much you'll make in a month. And I was just like, well, the, the funny thing is like, he was just a friend and I trusted him a lot. So I just said, okay, let's do it. That's awesome. I think that's a, 
it's a good reason to go to the gym and play basketball. Meet your friend who does Facebook ad and agency coaching. Yeah, yep. It's it's worked out well. The sad thing was um, me telling him that I don't want to sell for him anymore. But he also kind of pushed me away too. It was kind of, he helped me so much that I, I loved, you know, what he taught me. But at the same time, it was like that, that like path of least resistance of him saying, hey, I think you are the person who needs to go on your own. Like, I love that you sell for me. I love that you white label. But he was like, you're not a good fit for it. You need to do your own thing and, and you know, basically run your own ship. Was that because you just had so many things you wanted to change or like you had a lot of ideas? What, what do you think sent you down that direction? Yeah, I think mainly for me is I just really care a lot about people who care about me. And he just really helped me with, you know, changing my life. And it was hard for me to stop helping him, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I could see the loyalty component, right? Where you're like, hey, this guy, as you said, changed your life. And it's a big step, too, to go from, hey, I got all the systems built and I white label this to now you're building all the systems. So I, I could see that there's some resistance in that path anyway. Yeah. So um, what, what was crazy when we, when we transitioned, um, so we actually partnered with um, someone. And we gave up like 33% of our business, which he's actually partnered with Jake as well for another agency. So then Jake got me connected with him. And then basically the other guy that we work with, he helped build all the systems and he has, he's had an agency for, I mean, geez, a long time. So he, he already has everything. We basically partnered with him so that we can provide more services for people and cut all of our costs. So, cause we were white labeling. And once we did that, then we really saw a, you know, a big jump in the numbers. Obviously it's split three ways instead of, you know, two ways for me and my, me and my other partner, but um, it was a good, good transition, but always hard to transition and, you know, not cut people off, but, you know, tell people no when they've helped you a lot. Yeah, no, that's real. And so just to recap, you guys are paid media specialists. You get, and you do that for local, like uh, local business or for e-commerce brands or remind me what you, who you're yeah. Great question. So a lot of agencies are really niche based and they just work with one niche. We have been working with, I think, 74 different niches. So we've worked with a, a big, huge, wide variety of it. Um, E-commerce, um, small brick and mortar franchises. Um, that's kind of how Jake taught me. Um, he taught me, you know, he said a lot of it's very similar, but, you know, being more diverse, you'll be able to help more people. So he was like, a lot of agencies will just niche down and tell you only focus on one thing. So we kind of did the opposite of that. And I'm not quite sure if it helped us grow faster or slower or whatnot, but um, I really like it. And, you know, I, I look at it from this. If I'm just working with like um, a roofing company for, you know, lead generation on Facebook, 
and another industry reaches out to me, let's say, you know, it's a pest control company. I'm very confident in, you know, all of our social media stuff that we can do the same thing because it's service-based businesses. It's really just locking down their offer, their sales process and understanding their business from A to Z. And then, you know, tweaking different um, SOPs and follow-up systems and scripts and stuff. So, um, I mean, that's, that's probably the main thing. And then the other thing is, you know, we do get a lot of questions of business owners who say, hey, do you specialize, you know, in roofing companies? So I think that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow when I say no. Um, I basically just tell them, nope, we don't specialize in one specific industry. We help everyone. So, but I do have a lot of good experience um, in the other industries. So I think people are just pretty comfortable with me when I talk to them. That makes sense. And do you do all the sales or do you have a partner that does sales too or a sales team? Um, yeah. So um, me and my partner, Chris, are basically the head of all sales. Uh, we kind of got away from a lot of like sales reps that we hired, um, mainly because we just don't really like the industry that it kind of got into. Like a lot of sales reps were telling people, you know, false promises, you know, yeah, just pitching them, you know, the perfect world. They weren't being transparent. And it caused a lot of problems in our agency where we had, you know, we got stuck trying to, you know, do a lot of customer service and fixing things and refunding people because sales reps, you know, I don't think they're, they were, you know, intentionally doing it, but they were probably looking at it from their perspective of like, hey, I can charge this person that and I'm going to get this. And the reason why we went away from that is because we want to give everyone a fair price. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. I feel like what we had to do was just standardize our pricing for our reps because it was, it's just like, man, I don't want a rep to, I'm sure you can have a, like we charge per minute, we do video production. So there's certain minutes and there's a minimum number of minutes, but it does get ridiculous if somebody says, Oh, well, I could, I could charge like three times as much as your normal per minute rate. And you're like, yeah, well, maybe you could, but we don't like, we don't want to play that game. It's the, it's a price sheet. The same price sheet goes to everybody. There's nothing that crazy about it. Yep, exactly. And I think that's what's happened in the industry. A lot of business owners, it's really, really hard just to even get their trust. And like, sometimes the trust is just multiple phone calls. It's not even moving forward. Yeah. Because yeah. there's just been a lot of people that um, sometimes it's hard to interpret when people, you know, tell me, hey, I've been burned or things haven't worked out. I, I try to like, you know, figure out what really happened and then see if we can help them before just, you know, so like a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of people don't move forward, you know, for a good seven to 10 days, we, we have multiple conversations. Um, you know, some people do jump on and they're just like, Hey, let's do it. Like that's part of it. But, um, I really try to just get all the information I can try to figure out what they're doing. And I try to figure out their entire business model because the last thing that I want, cause I went through this with the sales reps is 
to sign someone up and they don't have the right things in place to make something like lead generation work. Yeah, it makes total sense. This is, I, I have a follow-up question on this of just like how you all are acquiring leads because I think this has been a big hot button question for a lot of agency owners. For that quick uh, mid-roll commercial for Agency Hacker, so uh, for all of the listeners, if you want to learn more about getting coaching for your agency, Agency Hacker helps you go from like a six-figure business, seven-figure business, while removing yourself from key roles like sales, production, fulfillment, and uh, hopefully taking a big vacation. What I did was went to Chile for a year and did mission work when I finally got myself extracted out of my agency, and it was more profitable. So if you want to learn more about how to do that, go to agencyhacker.io, and uh, I'd love to tell you more. You can talk to a coach like me or anybody on your team. So yeah, Nick, we'd love to hear how how do you guys approach prospecting right now? Because if you're targeting a lot of different businesses, I imagine it's pretty broad, right? Like you don't, you're not stuck with 50,000 HVAC owners or. You know. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So right now we're actually targeting medical spas. So anyone in the med spa space, um, massages, aesthetics. Um, so we've been doing that for about three to four months now. And it's going pretty well, but that's typically, you know, we're, we don't just target a hundred different people in one time. We usually change it every two to three months. Um, or, you know, if we're not getting the responses that we would like, then we would change the target. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Do you do cold outreach or do you do more of like a inbound advertising or what's that? We do paid advertising on Facebook and Instagram. We do paid advertising on Google, and then we also have our SEO set up on our Google My Business. Those are probably the top four tiers that we do. And then we do have VAs outreaching as well on Facebook and Instagram for us. Um, not too much of it really, but they do do it occasionally. And then um, we do have um, some email automation built out so our email automation sends a thousand emails per day with follow-up sequences and um, same thing, you know, we, we build out the same target for everything that we're doing. So three months or four months, or if it's going well, we just stay in the same industry. Then the other outreach method we use is I'm trying to think I said, email paid ads, SEO, those are the main ones I can think of. Um, LinkedIn automation, we do have set up. Um, so that, that works well, but I honestly don't get too much feedback from the LinkedIn stuff. We're still trying to figure that portion out of things, but those are probably the main tiers that we do for outreach. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see you guys being paid ad specialists that paid ads is a big part of your lead generation. I yeah. That, a lot of direct mail ideas of like, what, you know, let's bring back direct mail or just, uh, we try to do a couple things and it, obviously you have to have a client value that's high enough to justify the direct mail. But I feel like if you're over 15 grand and your conversion rate's good enough, then um, yeah, direct mail can be like, like some people that send lumpy mail, like the boxes. Um, and we were trying to do it with B2B folks that are at enterprise companies, like $100 million and above. The hard thing is getting their address because a lot of people work remotely. 
Um, yeah. So it'd be super interesting with, say, the med spas. Like, you know they're going into the med spa because that's where the clients are going into. So you've got their address. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we haven't done any direct mail, but that'd be something that, you know, we're basically open to anything. Um, if we don't do something, it's probably just because I haven't brought my partner on a call <laughs> because Chris <laughs> is very, he likes details. He's very analytical. And like I said before, I almost say yes to everything, which is something I'm trying to fix. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris is pretty good at, um, you know, figuring out like if it's something that we should do. So that makes sense. And, and I think the question of whether or not it's something you should do is a great segue. So what constraint or what problem are you all working on solving right now? Uh, in our agency, what problem are we solving? Um, I would say the biggest one right now is probably just the client success. Um, we've been having a tough time trying to find someone who is just committed, really. You know, we have a lot of a lot of client success managers come and go, come and go. And then when they're coming and going, me and Chris have to step in to, you know, make people happy, answer their questions, answer their emails. And then, um, you know, we do miss some calls sometimes because we have to attend to our clients. So we're all 100 percent, you know, consumer focused. We want to make everyone happy. So, um, you know, th those cases, we just reach out to the book calls that we have and just apologize. And, you know, we hope that they uh, reschedule with us. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And are you, are your, I imagine you have international employees, are your client success people like are they U.S., Canada, Europe based? Like where are they based out of? Um, all U.S. We have hired some um, like people in like uh, Mexico and the Philippines um, in the past. Um, I really don't have a problem who I hire or where they come from. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, you know, it's a really tough job. Hmm. So, what do you think makes it tough with the, uh, client success on our side is a little more chill because it's like, well, here's a video. Is it that it's hard to get the results? Like they're actually setting up the ads and stuff or just, it's hard to talk to the clients. I think, um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, like our client success managers are just dealing with just customer support. So it's just a lot of them, you know, trying to figure out how to say this, but a lot of them, they don't know how to like communicate effectively to make sure that other person feels comfortable because a lot of the times, you know, someone is speaking to me and they feel comfortable with me and then they move forward with us. And then I tell them who their point of contact would be. I also tell them that, you know, you can always reach out to me. Am I going to give you an answer immediately? No, that's what the point of contact would be for. So, you know, whether someone's happy, mad or sad, that would be the biggest thing is because our client success managers will reach out to me and say, hey, they need to speak to you. And I think the hardest training that we have is training that person to say, hey, you know, do they really need to speak to Nick or can you figure out the problem yourself? Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah. that would be our biggest problem because, you know, if, if someone leaves us and they're in that client success spot, then a new person comes and then we just have to keep retraining them. So that would be our biggest problem that we have probably. Yeah, that makes total sense. And with the, uh, is it that the customers are unhappy sometimes? Like that's why it's hard that they're reaching out and they're having problems or they just are like, Nick is a special guy. We want to talk to Nick. What? <laughs> I told you it wasn't special. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, yeah, there's like, for example, what happened yesterday was um, someone had a 30 day agreement with us and I'm not quite sure what exactly happened, but he got put on like a reoccurring payment. So he got charged again and then he like just started like calling us and texting us and it was a little outrageous. So, you know, client sex manager trying to make them happy. I just basically said, Hey, like just refund them. Like we, it was, a, it was a mistake. Like it was completely our fault, but then, you know, it, it just turned into like a, a mess. And then, you know, I again have to take my time out of my day and just have a conversation when it shouldn't be me doing it. It should be someone else. Saying, We're really sorry. You know, we fixed it. Here's your refund. Um, you know, we'll also do this for you, even though it didn't go well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I try, you know, it's, it's so interesting because the, sometimes I felt like as an owner, if we can just step out and not be available for the questions and they have the ability to fix the thing themselves, like they can make a decision um, that, that like, I stopped going into the office because it's like, if I go into the office, people ask me questions. Like, yeah. If I log on the Google chat, like somebody's going to ask me a question. And so if I just like, totally play a hooky, then and like force them to figure out, I'd be surprised at how many times people would figure stuff out in a way, maybe even better than I would figure. Yep. And yeah, it's funny that you say that. Um, when I got into the roofing and solar industry, um, my partner basically threw me in with the wolves. Um, I didn't know anything, right? Same thing. I didn't, I didn't know anything about solar and I didn't know anything about roofing. And he said, you just have to go to people's homes and figure it out. Like you're going to get quite, yeah, you don't, you're going to get questions that you don't know. You're going to, you know, there's always going to be a learning curve basically. Yeah. And yeah, you know, the only way you can learn is to do it. Yep. So, I mean, that's how, that's how I learn the best. You know, not everyone is always like that, but we also have like mindset calls and stuff too, to help make them more confident with everything when they speak to people too. Cause I think it, I think a lot of it is just confidence and then just the knowledge and just, you know, listening. Cause I think a lot of the times, cause I went through the same thing a lot of the times in the past, when I first started, people would be angry or mad, all my fault, just because I was just getting into sales and I never explained it correctly enough. And then when someone calls me and they're angry, I'm not listening to them, right? I'm just, I'm, I have a lot of things going on in my head and then I can't calm them down effectively so that they can actually have a conversation with me. And I think a lot of it's like a respect thing too. So, you know, if someone's being disrespectful to me at this point now in my life, I'm just like, hey, you know, whatever their name is. Hey, Jason, like, I understand you're angry. Let's schedule a call tomorrow after you sleep on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really just like buying some time. I've had the bad connection too of like, 
hey, we must have a bad connection. Like, let me call you back in two minutes. And uh, like, there's no way that you're seriously talking to me like that. And sometimes just a couple seconds, people would calm down, you know, like, hey, let me switch spots. Let me yep, exactly. Something just to break out of it. Now, it's interesting, though, because I feel like there's, it's really hard as owners to make that transition from being key, like being some, key somewhere in the process. It's like, okay, now I'm passing the baton on this. So that's exciting to hear you guys working on figuring out. I'm sure you'll, you'll have it figured out next time you come on the show. Yeah, hopefully. Keep praying for us. <laughs> <laughs> so the you know, the other segue question is, how do you, you learn from coaches initially? What are you working on learning as an agency owner right now? And if you have a problem, what are you learning? What we're learning right now is um, delegating. And we're trying to effectively start to build an exit strategy so that we can sell our agency uh the new the the partner that we gave up our business to has sold a lot of agencies and he has experience with the process from start to finish so right now that's really what we're focused on is just getting everything in place so anywhere from six to 12 months now we're in a position where we can offer it and that it makes sense for people um, because we don't know how to do that. We're basically not really stuck in our business. You know, I can go on vacation if I want, but um, yeah, just creating an exit plan, I guess. We've never sold any like a business before. So that's new to us. Yeah, and I, that's a great goal too, because I feel like a business that you can sell is also a wonderful business to own. There's... Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we had taken a similar approach where it's like, all right, I want it to be sellable. And then once it's sellable, you're like, this actually, this might not be worth selling. Agencies get three to five times earnings, right? You're like, man, I might just chill with it because if you're, if you're not doing sales, you're not doing customer success and you're doing a, like, I do a weekly meeting or a monthly meeting and a quarterly annual, it's kind of fun. You have to come in come up with ideas. People implement stuff and you're like, wow, this is cool. I get to be part of the growth, but I'm not stuck in the day to day. So yeah, yeah, it's funny that you say that. Uh, our partner basically told us. He said at the at the end when we start offering things, he was like, he was like, you do need to make a decision if you actually want to sell it because at that point, um, you won't be doing much in your business. Like you know, you're you're effectively out of your business. You'll have those meetings you know, every week and every month and, you know, we can systemize things appropriately. But he said a lot of people will get to that point and then they change their mind. They don't want to sell it. Yeah. So yeah. that's interesting that you said that as well. Yeah. It's a, it's also a messy process to try and sell. Right? I mean, there's nothing, selling grapes is a great option for a lot of people, but there's like, I had uh, Tim Kilroy and he does some agency coaching and has sold a couple agencies and bought one, I think. But his point, I thought he, he really nails it. He's like, it's it's not very fun selling an agency because you have all the due diligence happening, which like it's like nonstop prostate exams, right? Where you're just less fun than it sounds. And it, um, people want to dig deep into all the things. You talk to people who couldn't actually buy your business. You talk to people that could buy your business but don't like something about it, and all the things you did wrong come out. Whatever. Um, but 
yeah, it's worth it if you just say, hey, I want to get out of it. Um, it's an interesting process, though, because some people go, yeah, I'm just going to stick around and own it for longer. I think a SaaS company or something with a big multiple is an easier calculation, but it's uh, there's actually a really good book by Greg Crabtree that helped me think about where it's like, man, I don't know how much you all have in working capital, but a lot of times it's like you can get 50% return on your money from an agency, uh, even when you have the system set up, right? Because you're not getting much wage profit, you're just getting investor profit. And it's hard to replace that unless you have another business going or you just don't like things, which is, which is like all those things are totally reasonable. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's uh, that's an exciting one to be learning about, and just I think it'll it'll make the business a lot better. So, if people want to learn more about exclusive marketing, how would they find out about you guys? How could they get in touch? Um, do you all do white labeling? Like, do you do service? For yep. Yeah, we offer white labeling to a lot of agencies. Um, I mean, the best way to get in touch with me is really just call me, <laughs> call me, text me. Um, and, or Facebook message me, really, we don't really have like lead forms set up on our website, uh, because we do just a lot of just paid traffic and people fill out lead forms that way or emails. So we do have like some booking links, but for me, my best point of contact would just be text or phone, phone call or Facebook messenger. I basically live on Facebook messenger. So. That's hilarious. And so for <laughs> Facebook Messenger, it's uh, Nick. Is is there a special profile link that I can drop in? Just Nick. Yeah, you're probably gonna see, like, I have like four or five. I can drop my link somewhere in here, or I can send you the my my like profile link that is my main profile. Perfect. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. Well, Nick, anything you want to leave the other agency owners in the audience with? Any Parting thoughts, special wisdom. Oh, special wisdom. Um, special wisdom for anyone who owns a business. Um, just make sure you surround yourself with positive people who want the same goals as you and that they align with um, all of your partner's goals and that just never give up. There's always the, the biggest thing that I found is I can wake up tomorrow and it feels like the world's ending but there's also the good side of things too. So just because something goes bad, just don't give up. Pretty true. Yeah. No, wake up, wake up world ending feeling I think is real for all of us. Like there's no, yeah. I bet there's no time when you've made it where you're like, Oh wow. It doesn't, I, I haven't had any times where I thought the world was ending. It's like even people that have a lot of money or a huge agency, it's like you read their biographies and they had plenty of world ending moments. Like it's just part of life. Yeah, it's funny because when I first started, you know, I had all these goals and I still have goals, but the, the whole, like, you know, I made it, yeah. I don't think there's ever making it. You just continue to grow and grow and grow. And sometimes you reach your goals. Sometimes you don't, but every time I've reached a goal, I don't, you know, celebrate and say I made it. I just, I'm always looking at like, what else can I do? How do yeah. I get to the next? Um, if I failed, um, why did I fail? Was it my fault? Was it someone else's fault? Or did it just, it just wasn't meant to be? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes guys got other plans and uh, be successful. Well, Nick, thanks for coming on the show. 
really grateful that you uh, share about what you guys are doing in your agency and uh, all the best. Everybody, if you want to learn more about Nick, you can check the show notes and I'll put the profile, his main Facebook profile in there so you can get in touch. Thanks, Nick. All right, cool. Thanks.